Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathan of Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to him, I am going fishing. And they said, we'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children... Have you no, have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net Full of fish, for they were not far from land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, and fish on it, with fish on it and bread. Jesus said, Bring some of the fish you have caught. So Peter went, Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And there were so many, though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to him, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he, because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said, follow me. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You all may be seen by your children up. Peter's having a pretty bad day. The guy who makes his, supposed to make his living catching fish is a pretty bad fisherman. Because every time we seem to encounter Peter doing his trade, he can't ever seem to be catching fish. He always has to wait till Jesus shows up. 
Thank God he's a better preacher than he is a fisherman. After Jesus appears to the disciples, essentially to the church, up in the upper room where they lock themselves for fear, they go back to the way things used to be. They go back to fishing. Because that's what you do, right? Easter Sunday, we come and we sing, Jesus Christ is risen today, hallelujah. And then Monday morning, it's, you know, it's back to the grind, back to the way things used to be. On Easter Sunday at 10 a.m., we had 164 people here. Pat was counting, and he told me that he thinks it was 164 because he, he couldn't count everybody. Isn't that a wonderful problem to have? Yeah, 217 people come on Easter morning and worship with us. Celebrate the risen Lord. The week after Easter, we had 63. Things are back to normal, back to the way things used to be, back to fishing. Then John tells us early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. The disciples didn't realize it was him, and Jesus called them children. Have you caught any fish to eat? And they answered, no. I'm sure there were probably some other expletives in there, but this is the Bible and this is the church. We've got to keep it PG, right? If you're a fisherman, you're not catching fish, you're not too happy. So he says to them, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they did, and, and there were so many fish that they couldn't haul in the net. And the disciple whom Jesus loved said, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard this, he wrapped his coat around himself and leaves the rest of the, his friends in the boat to swim the shore. The other disciples follow. They're only 100 yards off. They're dragging this full net of fish in. And when they got to the shore, they found that it already, a fire had already been kindled. And Jesus says, bring some of your fish that you caught. Sit down and have some breakfast. And nobody dared to ask Jesus if it was really him. Now, why do you think that's the case? Why do you think John has to throw that in? Up to this point, the disciples are having a hard time recognizing Jesus. A guy they spent three years of their life with. Mary doesn't recognize him in the garden. The disciples who have locked themselves in the upper room do not recognize him. And by the way, John has written verse 12b. I think it is safe to assume that Jesus somehow looks different. So different that they don't recognize him. So how do they know it's Jesus? How do they know it's him? Well, the first time when when Mary didn't recognize him... Jesus calls Mary by her first name, and instantly she recognizes him. The second time, Jesus, when they're in the upper room and they don't recognize Jesus, Jesus shows them his hands and his side, and they recognize him. The third time, when they seem to not recognize him on the beach, Jesus feeds them, and they recognize him. We recognize it as Jesus, someone we have never met before, because he will know our names. Because we have seen his wounds and he feeds us. That is how we recognize the risen Christ in our midst, in our congregation, and in our worship. Jesus Christ has called each of you by name, shares in your suffering, and feeds you with bread and an overabundance of food. That is how you know Jesus is here. That's how you know Jesus is with you. And to anyone who thinks the church cannot be present, in the church who thinks that God cannot be present in moments of suffering... Or that the reason you're having problems in your life is because you just didn't pray hard enough. Or that 
that God is punishing you for some strange reason. Why then do the marks of the crucifixion remain on our Lord? Everything else has changed about Jesus. His appearance has changed. He's able to pass through locked doors, pass through walls. Why lead the marks of violence perpetrated against himself on his body? God can make them go away. Why leave them? If nothing else, these wounds remind us that God is still dealing with the violence that humanity inflicted upon his body. Because we are suffering as well. God, oftentimes we find ourselves suffering. We assume that God is punishing us. Or that God is not present in those moments. But these wounds remind us that Jesus is in fact with you and knows the way out. And to anyone who does not see the value in feeding people, how can... Can we expect people to recognize Jesus if their bellies, if their souls are rumbling for food? There are a few things that I'm willing to lay down on a sword for ministry. The sacraments are one of those things. When they gave me this stole, the weight of the office included the proper administration of the sacraments. Because failing to administer the sacraments... And the way that Christ commands means I leave people hungry, spiritually hungry. And not just physically hungry because others can, can deal with this problem, but spiritually hungry and, the only, and only the church can fill this need. If you're physically hungry, you go to the store, right? You stop at McDonald's on the way home. You, if you're desperate, you steal. If you're really, really desperate, you eat a bug. If you're, really hungry and you're, if you're really hungry and your life depends on it. What if someone comes into our church having heard Jesus call them by their name, having felt Jesus with them in their suffering, and now they come for breakfast, for our meal. And we say, sorry, you came on the wrong week. We only do this twice a month. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to go someplace else, right? That's what we do when we're hungry. We just go someplace else. And I worry about where that other place might be. Because it might not be a church. But pastor, we feed them on God's words. And yes, that is true, my brothers and sisters. We can do that. And Jesus does that in the gospel. But you can't deny the other part of the story. The physical eating of bread. Jesus made a fire and made them breakfast. He fed them. You can't deny that other part. The word bread is used 20 times in the Gospel of John. The first time it's used is when Jesus asks the disciples how we're going to feed 5,000 people in the middle of nowhere. And the disciples reply, where, you know, where can we buy all this bread to feed them? Jesus then takes five loaves and, and two fish and feeds all the people. And later on in that same chapter, the people come to Jesus because they're hungry again. And apparently he's the bread machine. But instead of giving them bread like he did before, Jesus says to them, I am the bread of life. And the people say, sir, give us this bread all the time. God did a miracle and fed 5,000 people with bread and fish and tells the people that he is the manna from heaven. That bread from heaven is his body. And everyone who eats of his body will have eternal life. And here on a beach, Christ feeds his disciples with bread and tells them that life after the resurrection is not business as usual. But you can't go back to fishing. You can't go back to wallowing your sins. You can't go back to your old life. To your old ways. Because you feel bored. There are hungry people out there wanting bread. Who need to know Jesus is with them. And that our Lord knows their names.
In fact, Jesus promises Peter and probably us as well that one day you will stretch out your hands and another will tie your belt and lead you where you do not want to go. The work of the gospel does not take a back seat because Jesus is risen. If anything, it's just begun. And I know you're hungry. I know you've got rumbling bellies right now. I know you're tired. I know some of you are probably bored out of your mind right now. It's the same old thing week after week, right? I know some of you are really suffering. I mean really, really suffering. Suffering with addiction. Suffering with illness. Suffering with a lack of faith. Suffering in a relationship. Suffering with work. Suffering with a lack of income. Suffering with issues of homelessness. You are being taken to places where you do not wish to go. And here Jesus stands on the shore. Stands before you this day and has prepared another meal. He has prepared a holy meal of bread and wine to make this suffering not so much go away, but more so bearable. The nets are full of fish, and they have not torn. There is plenty to eat at this table, at this fire, at this breakfast prepared by our Lord. He is here. He is risen. He knows your names and your bellies. Your bellies do not have to be hungry any longer.